welcome back to your brain uncovered today we're going to be talking about the topic of mindfulness so very simply the practice of paying attention to the present moment on purpose with an attitude of non-judgment i'm going to be discussing how that can um actually optimize the performance of your your, your human mind uh let's start off at harvard shall we so in 2010 a group of researchers there got together to study the daily thoughts of over 5,000 people, people from over 80 countries. Um, one of the things they found was that our minds are actually wondering about 47% of the time. Which means if half of you are actually paying attention to me right now, I'm probably beating the odds by just a little bit. But even more important than that, they also found that when our minds are wandering, we tend to be less happy than when we're focused on what's happening in the present moment. Now, mind wandering actually has a bunch of benefits, obviously. I mean, it's a huge part of how we do our creative thinking. It's uh, where all of our planning happens. It actually seems to be a big part of how we actually keep a coherent sense of ourselves, right? But when it comes to happiness specifically, it seems like most of that happens in the here and now. And how we handle what's happening in the here and now can get pretty tricky. Uh, A study in 2014 brought together a group of hundreds of people, probably a lot like you. One by one, these people were placed alone in an empty room for 15 minutes just to be with their thoughts. On the other side of that 15 minutes, most of those people rated that time as boring and unpleasant, unfortunately. To find out just how boring and unpleasant, in a later version of the same experiment, they put people alone in a room and they gave them a painful electric shock. One of the totally unsurprising results of the study was that they discovered people really do not like electric shocks. I mean, in fact, many of the people in the study reported that they would pay a significant amount of money to ensure that the experience never happened again. And when those people were brought into that empty room, um... Well, this time, uh, they tweak, things just tweaked a little bit. I mean, they said, you have 15 minutes to be alone with your thoughts, right? By the way, um, uh, they even mentioned that, well, on the table, there's a button. And if you push the button, you're going to receive the same painful electric shock that you just said you would um, want to avoid. Uh, so if you, if you can't bear those 15 minutes, um, the consequences are there. So 15 minutes later, 25% of the women, 66% of the men had pushed that button at least one time. Many of them pushed it several times. One guy who must have had um, a lot of, on his mind pushed it 190 times in just 15 minutes. I mean, if you're trying to do the math, let me help you out. It's about once every five seconds. Why on earth would you push that button? I mean, we don't actually know. Um, it could be boredom. It could be anxiety. It could be that sometimes painful feels less painful than thinking. One of the things we do know is that for many of us, when we're let loose in the landscape of our own minds, one of the first things we can discover is it feels like a jungle in there. And sometimes we'll do almost anything we can to get out. Um, You know, the philosopher Blaise Pascal, I don't know if you've heard of him, but he once famously wrote that all of humanity's problems stem from our inability to sit quietly in a room alone. And if you ever had a couple of moments inside your own mind that would um, have you reaching for the button, well, you maybe you'd agree as well. 
But our conscious attention is like a precious natural resource, right? And like every natural resource, its power is limited. And now there's actually no way that we can calculate how much info the human brain can handle. But one simple estimate suggests that if we were to total up all the info we receive every second from the sensory neurons in our body, so that includes sight, sound, uh, taste, touch, and smell, every second your brain is being bombarded by about 100 million bits of information. Anyone want to take a guess of how much of that info your conscious attention can handle? letting you think here it's about 60 bits 60 freaking bits the other 99.994 percent of what's happening around you what's happening inside you right now is being processed by parts of your brain that are operating largely unconsciously and um well I mean, it's like when you're driving on autopilot, all that, all that experience might not even filter its way up to your conscious attention. So what do we do with all that? Because, um, well, because so much of the quality of your daily life will be determined by how you invest and manage this precious resource of your conscious attention. Um, especially now when more than ever, thanks to the, well, the miracles of modern technology, you can be texting while driving, uh, while swiping right, while ordering seamless. I mean, while Skyping, while even live streaming, um, I don't know, the queen, the, the bandits, whatever it is, uh, series, more things than ever are, um, can you tell, I forgot, I forgot which series do I watch, more things than ever, uh, they're vying for your precious bit of bandwidth those 60 bits everything is fighting for it so what do we do we multitask we take this little conscious attention and we try to spread it spread it um among everything so that we don't miss out on anything just amazing honestly um but one of the things i'm here to tell you is that we suck at multitasking so stop it and um i particularly particularly do so welcome to the club and because there are why because i mean multitasking doesn't really exist it's a it's a cognitive illusion sort of like uh the way when you go to a movie you know what's happening on the screen is just a picture right picture 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 but it feels like movement and you don't ever second guess it in a similar way when you're multitasking in the way that i just you know spoke of what's actually happening inside your brain is that your conscious attention is ping-ponging back and forth from one thing to another again and again and again and this all happens so fast that you can't even notice it it's like the greatest trick that the mind ever played was to fool its own self i mean it's hilarious and now one of the things that we know is that when we engage in this kind of behavior which uh psychologists call uh task switching and when we do it we're actually worse at just about everything we do so we multitask to try and do more things faster and most often we tend to make more time and perform worse in the process one study even supports that it literally followed people around throughout their workday it found that when we get interrupted in a task we probably will return it to it uh, for another average of 23 minutes sometimes even more um well now i talk about this all the time i, I know like mindfulness and stuff uh but um I mean, the people who do this kind of multitasking feel like they're the best at it, right? And we find that they actually tend to perform the worst. Perhaps even more troubling, we see, we see some really disturbing side effects to this kind of behavior. We multitask, why? Have you ever thought of it? We, we multitask to handle the stress of too much on our plate. 
But this kind of behavior actually raises our stress levels. It increases the level of stress hormones such as cortisol in our bloodstream. And this kind of behavior is also hugely correlated with impulsiveness and low self-control. It turns out that what we're doing in, uh, well, is not training our minds to spread far and wide. We're training ourselves to become more distracted. Now, even with all of that, I'm not here today to tell you to stop multitasking because you can't, you won't, neither will I. But what you can do and what I hope you will do is consider how you want to manage and protect the precious resource of your conscious attention. Because we know from neuroscience that our conscious attention gives us access to three basic skills, right? Attention can help us seek out new information. It can help us sort between streams of info that are competing for our focus, and it can help us stay with the stuff that feels important. Now, I'm, all I'm suggesting is that you can you you get plenty of exercise with the seeking and the sorting out of things um, by living in like a modern city, right? Um, but but the place where we struggle, the spot where we often stumble, is the skill of staying put with the stuff that's important to us. And if you've ever been, okay, let me give you an example. Have you ever been in a conversation with someone you really care about and you found them reaching for their phone for no reason? Um, Now, the good news is that there are actually tons of ways where you can, you know, um, or they can train their mind to sit and stay still. Um, One of my favorite, perhaps, which is uh, what I do, and it's actually one of the oldest practices of uh, mindfulness, um, is to just focus on your breath. So the term mindfulness is kind of in. Uh, it's very pop culture at the moment. It's on the cover of magazines. It's in Super Bowl commercials. It's in Fortune 500 for sure. All because, well, mindfulness is not, not, it's not very mystical. It's just trendy at the moment. And you don't have to be a monk or a millionaire. Very simply, um, it ju- it just, you just have to be s- sitting still with your thoughts. That's all you have to do. We're paying attention to the present moment. mindfulness because we know that well um that's where so much of our happiness is and when we can pay attention to the present moment on purpose then we're becoming a little less creatures of circumstance and a little more creatures of of choice um and when we can do all that with an attitude of non-judgment well i think that's where something really special starts to take place because one of the side effects of having conscious attention that is inherently limited is that our minds get really good at making really quick evaluations and then jumping onto the big, like big next thing, right? Now, in this process, the mind becomes a really good storyteller and we tend to get kind of tangled in our own stories while trying to just, you know, pay attention to the present moment. And, um, but in a mindfulness practice, we're trying to get even more interested in what is laying ahead of us, right? Uh, we find that when we can do that, we can make a little space around our storylines, the stories we tell we tell ourselves about ourselves, about the world around us. We're actually making space for the stories of others as well. Um, so we see in the research around mindfulness and meditation that people who take up a practice like this have an increased sense of social connection, oneness. Um, there's a greater access to compassion and a, a more of an altruistic approach towards life. Some of the most recent research is suggesting that mindfulness and meditation practices can actually help reduce implicit bias and decrease discriminate like discrimination among people. Um, this makes us more open and available to the world around us, obviously. And whatever vision we might have for how the world can be, it will unfold correctly and it will be more clear. So, yeah, I'd like us to do what I'd like us to do well with 
um, the time now is I, I want you to sit still and make yourself comfortable in your seat. Now, you might already be, but if you want to adjust in any way, you can. Um, see if you can find a seat that allows you to feel relaxed but alert. And if you, if you like, you can close your eyes or just settle your gaze somewhere still. Uh, start by taking a deep breath in and letting it go with a sigh. Alright? Good. Now, let's do that one more time. All right. I hope I hope this happens now as much as you can. Just let your yo your breath breathe all on its own. Your body knows how to do this, and you don't have to micromanage manage anything here. You don't have to make your breath bigger or longer or better. Just let it breathe, and ask your attention to be with your breath. Don't you don't have to describe or analyze it. You don't even have to remember it. As much as you can, just breathe and feel. If you do this sooner or later, or later, probably sooner, your mind is going to wander. When it does, it's not a problem. This is actually where all of the exercise and all the benefits come into place. So yeah, when your mind wanders, when you can, ask it to come back to the feeling of your breath. And as it comes in and out, maybe your mind wanders many times. After all, um, about 15 breaths a minute tallies up to maybe 20,000 breaths a day, right? Keep that in mind. So maybe this particular breath doesn't seem like such a big deal. Um, but yeah, so if you can keep coming back to the feeling of your breathing happening right here and now, you might start to notice things you can, you just have never paid attention to before. Sensations underneath other sensations. Feelings behind other feelings. If it helps, consider this. As you breathe in and out right now, the air that comes into your lungs touches a surface area folded up inside you. And if you were to spread it out, flap, the surface area of your lungs would be about half the size of an Olympic tennis court. I just had to say this because I find it amusing. Um, it's folded up inside you uh, right now as you breathe in. And now every time you breathe in, the oxygen that you inhale enters into a network of blood vessels. So intricate and vast that if you were to thread it together into a single string, that string would be 60,000 miles long. It would wrap around the earth two and a half times. Um, well, that's wrapped up inside you right now. And every time you breathe in, 37 trillion cells in your body take in the things they need. Here's, a, here's another fun fact. And every time you breathe out, they let go of the things that they don't need. It's impossible to comprehend, but you know what it feels like, right? It feels like this. Breathing in and breathing out. Breathing in and breathing out. So take a deep inhale and let it all go. So if you enjoyed this episode and took part in my amateur uh, mindfulness retreat, uh, I do recommend uh, downloading the app Headspace. I provided the link up in the show notes. It's the one I'm using and it can answer all the questions um, uh, on how to actually take good care of your mind, uh, where to begin, what are the basics, how will it even feel. Uh, these are all perfectly normal questions and um, they're all answered right in there. So yeah, I, I hope this has been of good use. Thank you so much for listening um, to this episode and have a beautiful day. Bye.